Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. The Buffalo Bills beat an inferior Redskins team today, 24-9. This was a Redskins team that, going into this game, hadn't scored a touchdown in two games and was starting a rookie quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. But nonetheless, the Bills go 6-2, which is the best record for the Bills since 1993. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we're going to discuss the Bills' victory today. We'll go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our great followers on Twitter. And then we'll end the episode with a redraw of the signed John Brown jersey. Yes, we are redrawing again this episode as the winner did not message us, so we will most likely have a new winner today. So please stick around for the end of the episode for that, as we have a really funny story to go along with the guy that lost the jersey this last week. So I'm joined uh, by my co-host, Mike, for this episode. Mike, Mike, I'm thinking of it, of this game specifically, and I'm really happy that we're 6-2. and two. This was a much more definitive win than the win against the Dolphins just a few weeks ago. And I was never really worried this entire game, except, you know, when Adrian P- Peterson just keeps ripping off runs at like six yards a clip. But uh, I guess I'm not really sure what kind of team we have here. I think I know, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Is this team 6-2 and two as a product of their schedule? Or are they 6-2 and two, Are they a 6-2 team that could make a run in the playoffs, in your opinion? I don't think what you said is mutually exclusive, right? 6-2... and two. A huge portion of that is the schedule for sure, but I'm I'm sick of apologizing for wins, right? Six and two, best since 1993. You go back to the beginning of the year, we would all take this. It's amazing. It's fun to enjoy watching a football game again. You'd like to see a blowout, especially against she's an inferior opponent, starting a rookie quarterback, uh, his first start, yep. an interim head coach, right? It was. It was too close for too long, but the game did not feel in doubt to me. Yeah. At home, too. Don't forget that. It was at home yeah. for the Buffalo Bills. So I, I guess I'm not really sure exactly what this team is. I think it's a little bit of both. I think they've beaten the teams that they should have, and then they've struggled against the teams that they should have, too. And they've also may have... So it's a question, are they playing down to their competition level, or are they really just at this level of competition as a team? So I, I'm... I'm not 100% sure exactly what what kind of team this is, but I'm still excited. We're 6-2. and two. If you were to look at the schedule at the beginning of the season and say, hey, what's the best case scenario for the first eight games halfway through the season for us? I think 6-2 and two is pretty damn good, and I think that we should be excited based on what the schedule looks like uh, the rest of the way out and uh, the way that they perform today. So first thing we have to discuss, Mike, is I think the main storyline of this game today and hopefully it lends well to the rest of the season, is Devin Singletary. I mean, Devin Singletary was involved in this game plan much more this week than any previous week so far as a Buffalo Bill. It's it's as if Brian Dable is listening to our podcast each week and finally, just finally implementing some of our suggestions that we've been spouting off. So if you've been following us, you know that we're not big fans of QB-designed runs. So they got rid of those today for the most part, besides QB sneaks. We wanted Devin Singletary involved more so than Frank Gore. And Singletary had 23 touches to Gore's 11. And uh, and we wanted Zay Jones cut a few weeks ago. So maybe they're, maybe they're catching on. Every, every podcast, I feel like they're just kind of responding to us. So, uh, well, Mike, 
did did you agree? Was that was that pretty much the main storyline of today's game for you as well? Well, I think without a doubt, right? Like you said, and it's not just it's everybody pounding the table to see more of Singletary. When he's on the field, he's electric, so quick, and every time he touches the ball, he has the chance to go the distance, which is something you do not have with Frank Gore. Frank's great player, historic, right? We love him. We see the milestones almost weekly. Love him. That being said, it, it's very frustrating to hand off when you need a yard. And what what bigger sample size in a game do you have than today? It was just time after time after time when that when it didn't get it done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll go into stats of the game later, but Gore did not have a very good game compared to Devin Singletary. And you know what's funny? I was listening to this pregame show, and they were discussing how it seems that the Bills were really trying to get Devin Singletary out in space. You know, previous to this game, they were trying to manufacture some space for him, like get him out in screen passes, do, you know, like run him, bang him out to the outside, run around the tackles. And they were saying, you know, what's interesting is that's not what he was good at at Florida Atlantic. When he was doing very well in college, he was he was manufacturing his own space in the field. He was finding it. He was running between the tackles. He was everything. As a running back, he didn't catch a lot of passes, so that was a big question mark going into the season, into his NFL career. But he's proven that he's he's doing just fine in that. Not only, you know, the ability to to be a good receiver out of the backfield, but also you notice on a few plays today, he looked pretty good blocking defenders uh, running through the middle. I was very happy with pass protection. And I think that's one of the reasons why this coaching staff and this front office thought that LaShawn McCoy was expendable. And after today, I mean, how can you blame them? How can he not be the, the bell cow running back for this team from here on out? Well, you, you got to think they saw the same things we saw. And they're going to have to move forward with him getting, I, I would say, the vast majority of the touches. He really reminds me of an Alvin Kamara type back, right? Like, just a guy that can do everything when you need a spark. He's he's the one that did it today, certainly. No, that's a good comparable. I like that one. I like that. So, uh, what do you? We have to talk about this for a little bit. Just is while we're on the, you know, talk about offense while we're discussing the offense. There was a play where. Brian Dable went for it. I was for, it was first in goal on the Redskins one yard line, and the Bills were stopped three times in a row by the same play call being called. So you think like they do their goal line stance, which by the way, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Bills goal line stance against another team's goal line stance because I feel like the Bills don't have a good enough offensive line where they can just push people. They haven't had a good offensive line like that in a long time where they can just shove defense defenders down and just will their way in for a a, a one-yard score with a running back. So they do it three times in a row, first and goal, and then finally getting into the end zone on a Josh Allen run. I, I guess I'm not sure. Dable got a lot of criticism today as an offensive play caller. And, you know, although I'm happy he didn't, you know, do a lot of QB-designed des- run plays like he normally has the last few weeks, I thought that play lacked that play calling lacked a lot of creativity, um, in my opinion. And I said so much on Twitter and got a little bit of flack on it. I actually went back and forth with uh, with the Buffalo Rumblings Twitter account, you know, and, and you know, in, in discussion because their their point, I believe they said something to the effect of, "You can't be upset that they're that they're not using, you know, Allen for QB design run plays, and then also be upset that you know Frank Gore ran into the ran into the middle for." three times in a row. And I'm like, well, actually I can, I can be upset because they're not mutually exclusive. There are other ways to run the ball other than just running it straight up the gut. Like there's a way that you could spread out the defense. You can do a four wide play with a running back in the backfield. You know, you could do a fullback dive. I mean, the Patriots love this play. If you've ever played Mike, do you remember the fullback dive in Madden? It worked like 90, 95% of the time, right? You line up in I formation and instead of handing the ball to the running back, you just hand it to the fullback like right away, and the guy automatically gets a yard or two. Like it's like the Mike Allstep all stop play, right? Always works. Mm-hmm. So I will say I did. I'm not gonna kill Brian Dable because I don't think he's a terrible op- offensive coordinator. I think he does lack some creativity, but that series just drove me nuts. What about you, Mike? Did did that did that harken back to the days of the uh, run into the pile th- 
two or three plays in a row from the from past Bills offenses. I I personally didn't mind a run when you're at the geez, half yard line, right? Um, but when you're putting Frank Gore in with that package, it's obvious what you what you're doing. Um, even by that point, Singletary was having a good game. You just by putting him in there. Right, the defense has to respect the running to the outside. Um, like you said, maybe put a receiver on the. It's just, it felt like banging your head against the wall three times in a row. Yeah, when they went to that jumbo package with with motion, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll uh, they'll do a play action where they pass to Dawson Knox, like wide open in the corner or something. Nope. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree. It should have been a run, and I'm not against the Bills running the ball ever, but. Just just a little bit more creativity somehow, some ways, some different ways of approaching it. And it's easy. Hindsight's twenty twenty. They failed three times in a row. Who knows if they had gotten in the second time, if I'd even bring it up. But but even forgiving all that, what I found, found more damning was later in the game, right? Fourth and one, you hand off to Gore, he doesn't get it. In the third quarter, right, you turn the ball over. Then later in the game, it was third and one, you're looking to run out the clock. And he didn't get that one. It was just like over and over and over again. Yeah. You got to... <laughs> so I wonder if they're ever looking at the stats during the game to see that Frank Gore in his yards per carry versus Devin Singletary's yards per carry. So I'm not going to go into all of the stats of today's game, but one of those is yards per carry. And Devin Singletary was 4.8 yards per carry and Frank Gore was at 1.4 yards per carry. Like a huge disparity. So I'm wondering if they're looking at the stats during the game like, hey, you know, how is Frank doing in the game? How is Devin doing in the game? What, what's the difference? I mean, even the eye test should have proven that Devin Singletary was making more out of nothing. There was a one There was one play where I believe, I don't know if it was the one you were talking about, Mike, where it was a third and one and they went for it there, but there was a group of you know defenders in the middle of the field and Frank Gore just picked the spot he was supposed to go to, whereas if you looked to the right of the line, there was absolutely nobody there. If he had found a way to bounce it outside... He would have easily gotten the first down and probably a lot more. So I'm not going to roast Brian Dable, but I mean, some of his play calling is questionable. We talked about this last week. I know a lot of people have been mentioning Brian Dable's name being uh, a potential head coaching candidate in the NFL, and I don't see it. I don't see it this year. I don't see it unless things dramatically improve around Josh Allen. We can talk about, we should we should talk about Josh Allen. I thought it was a, a decent game, game for him. I wasn't really worried about it. He had that fumble that luckily... Didn't turn into a fumble, thankfully, but he didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't lose any fumbles, luckily. And I thought it was just a decent, solid game. The game plan today, finally, was run, run, run the ball against this other team. And I thought that that he just executed it, and he did well where he had to, and he had some costly drops again by his receivers. And I, I don't know. I'm okay with this game from Josh Allen. I think it's just slow and steady improvement. Keep keep them in the game. We can win with a game manager against teams like this. We just can't afford to have you throw four picks and fumble three times, right? Um, and lo- and win a game. Mike, what did you think about Josh Allen? Pretty much the same sentiments on your end. Yeah, I mean the turnovers I think are huge, and this is now thirteenth quarters in a row without a throwing an interception, which with a young quarterback you like to see. With the fumbles, I think continue to be a concern. Hit two today. Fortunately, got lucky and they don't kill you. Um, with the fumbles, better than an interception because at least the you know you've got a chance to get one back like we saw today. Mm-hmm. But geez, <laughs> when are we going to have a 300-yard passing game? Yeah, I know that's that's a good question. I don't know if it matters, but you know it it matters. I'll tell you when it does matter in games like last week where the defense isn't as stout as it normally is and they allow more than you know nine points. And the offense actually has to come back and score points. I don't know if this team will ever be built like that, at least this season, with the weapons they have, with the uh, with the play calling they have, the offensive line. I don't know if this team could score 30 points on its own offensively if it needed to. So I would love to see a 300-yard game. I don't think it's necessary to win in the NFL if it's required, but I heard something interesting earlier, like Matt Schaub last week threw for 460 yards. It's like, hey, hey. How come? Uh, how come we can't have one of those? <laughs> Man, I'm just a little jealous. That's all. Um, the Bills limited penalties a lot today. I thought that was a key to one of the win or one of the keys to the wins today. Um, only three penalties today. Uh, defensively, now we haven't even talked defense. 
this was definitely not more of an elite defense per, defensive performance, in my opinion. I thought this was a bend but don't break defensive performance, like one that we always used to see in the Dick Duran era or whatnot, because the Redskins were running all over the Bills today. AP looked like he was, was he 34? He looked like he was 24, right? And he had over 100 yards in the first half. There was some crappy tackling by the Bills over and over again in the first half. And I'm not sure if this defense, I thought we were on the cusp of this defense being elite. And now I think we're just like probably above average, like above average to very good. They did what they had to only letting the Redskins score nine points. But then again, like we mentioned, you know, it's a rookie quarterback getting his first start and, you know, an interim head coach. I mean, this should, this should have been a game where you dominated. So, um, Mike, what did you think about the defense? The first half was absolutely porous, right? It it seemed like AP was ripping off 15 yard runs one after another. But what was awesome to see is when they came back in the second half, the adjustments were made and it was like a tale of two halves. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. That was the adjustment that we didn't see last week against the Eagles that we saw this week against the Redskins. I I can't imagine what the adjustment was. It's like, Hey, let's just start tackling. Let's, let's, let's stop Adrian Peterson. Like when you think you have him tackled, like just don't assume that you have him tackled and he won't bounce around the outside for another 20 yards. That was maddening today to see that, like to see him engulfed people. There was that one tackle by the one almost tackle by Taron Johnson. And then he didn't really get him. And then AP's like, Oh, well I'm, haven't been daggled, so I'm going to keep running. <laughs> Just went up the, the the left side for another 15, 20 yards. There were so many times in the first half where the defensive backs had to make a tackle because he not only got past the defensive linemen, and, but also the linebackers. So the, the defense, you're right. The adjustments were made, thankfully. And uh, special teams-wise, I mean, just it just has to be said, like, this was a great— there, there was one great return by Andre Roberts, which was really great to see. The Bills haven't had a punt return like that in a while, or a return in general, a kick return, rather, like that in a while. And I'm going to mention that later in stats of the game. But uh, it's it was it was great to see. It was great to see. But then again, on the other side, you have Corey Bohorquez, right, with that ridiculous punt. 15-yard punt? That 15-yard. Are you yard... talking about the bad or the good? <laughs> this was, this was, yeah, you mean with Corey Bohorquez because he had both, right? Yeah, it's just like a. T- I don't know. Well, if he had one that was fifty nine yards and one that was fifteen, right? Well, well, what was that? How does that happen? It wasn't rainy today, was it? It's just you don't you take the good with the bad, and even though it's mostly bad, Bohork was with a fifteen yard punt. It wasn't like there was anyone in his face either, so there was no excuse for it. It was just like he kicked it, and all of a sudden, like the camera doesn't even know what to do. The camera guy doesn't even know what to do. He just starts zooming out all of a sudden. He has no idea. And then all of a sudden you see the referee start marking off the punt on the, on the sidelines. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he's starting at the 50 and he's marching backwards. Like that's not good. That's only like a 30-yard punt. Keeps going, keeps going to the 35. It's like, whoa, 15-yard punt, Corey? Really? Like there's sometimes when, you know, we joke around like, oh, I could do that. I could easily do that. You know, like, oh, I could have thrown that pass or I could have I could have found the hole in the line that way. Like this time, legitimately, Anyone listening to this podcast could have kicked it farther than Corey Bohorquez. All right, in saying that, let's go into our stats of the game for today's game. Stats of the game. So, Mike, as always, we do a quiz for stats of the game. I'm going to give you one. What was Washington's third down percentage today on offense? What was Washington's third down efficiency on offense today? How about 20? 25 no wait 26 no 23 23 oh man you definitely go in the right way that was, that was damn close i swear you have these memorized all all the stats of the game memorized before i give them to you, you were with like you were like within one yard of yesterday last last week's like rushing yards percentage anyway it was 18 percent washington redskins were 18 percent on third downs of converting for first down so that was, I think, a key for the defense. Like we mentioned, bend but don't break. That, that's a huge cog in the wheel of a bend but don't break defense. Um, Bills were 50% on third down, just in case anyone was wondering. The Bills had no turnovers. The Redskins had no turnovers. The Bills passing. The Bills actually ended up almost having as many rushing yards 
as Washington did at the end of the day. The Bills had 122 rushing yards. Washington had 127 rushing yards. The Bills had 146 passing yards. Washington only had 116 passing yards. So yeah, no turnovers by either side of the of the football. The Bills on today, Josh Allen, 14 for 20, 160 yards, one touchdown. That's a 70% completion percentage. So hey, you know, we'll take that any day of the week as long as as long as they don't lose a turnover ballot battle and uh, they're not down by that much. So Devin Singletary, as we, as we mentioned, had a great day running the ball. 20 carries, 95 yards, one touchdown, and 4.8 yards per carry. Mentioned earlier, Frank Gore, 11 carries for 15 yards for only 1.4 yards per carry. Really rough game by for Frank Gore. Leading the Bills receiver, as always it seems, John Brown. Four receptions for 76 yards on seven targets. John Brown, the aforementioned player who whose jersey, whose signed jersey we're giving away today. So looking forward to doing that at the end of this podcast. Devin Singletary, the next leading receiver. How, how about this? Three receptions for 45 yards on four targets. You know, Mike, I was looking in the in the game when they actually had a very successful screen pass earlier in the game. I was thinking, you know, this is this might be the difference of a quarterback like Josh Allen getting to 300 yards is to have a running back that can get that screen game going, get that short passing game going, and getting a lot of yards after catch. But again, this ended up being like not one of the worst games for Josh Allen, but one of the lowest passing yardage games for Josh Allen during the season. And then to round That's it all. Point, though. Watching other games, you see offensive coordinators being a lot more creative in terms of getting the ball from the quarterback to the playmaker's hands. Right? You see with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers doing the touch passes. You see other teams doing the shovel pass. Like just different way. It goes in the book as a pass, but it, it traveled half a yard in the air, right? Um, yeah, quarterback well, gets the gets the snap and immediately hands it to the the running back who's cutting in front of him. Just different ways, and it, it's good to see them do the screens, and it's good to see them have some success, and hopefully they'll start to incorporate, as Allen becomes more comfortable, incorporate some of these other things into the playbook. I mean, geez, a play-action pass would be nice to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what me, What yeah. you just made me think of right there is Tom Brady always finds a way to pass it to James White out of the backfield. Like the Bills just need to be able to do something like that with Devin Singletary. I want to say like 90% of Brady's yards are either on slant routes to Edelman or just wheel routes out of the backfield from James White. It's ridiculous. And he'll throw for 300 yards a game. So hopefully this is one of the things that continues to improve continues to grow and they use Devin Singletary a lot more in the in the passing game so the Redskins side of the ball I'll just give him briefly because we don't really care about the Redskins Dwayne Haskins 15 for 22 144 yards zero touchdowns zero interceptions and Adrian Peterson obviously leading rusher 18 carries for 108 yards and six yards per carry running all over the bills today and then the leading receiver for the Redskins was Paul Richardson for four receptions for 42 yards and five targets. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers, and also our drawing for the John Brown signed jersey. So stick around and we'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. 
That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Atlassian. Welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast, our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm with my co-host, Mike. Mike, before we even get into our plays of the game and our John Brown signed jersey giveaway, what's funny is with with a signed brown or with a signed jersey and everything like that it's really cool people have really reached out to us and everything like that but what's funny is the person that won it last week did not contact us like that was one of the rules of winning the John Brown jersey was that you had to listen to the to every episode where we might announce it and message us after that and say hey this is my address or hey glad glad to hear i won it you know thanks for announcing it or whatever but it's not just that the person didn't get back to us, which is funny. What's funny is we actually know the person that won last week. We didn't give it away because why would it just it would just would sound weird, but now it sounds even better because we're def this definitely isn't a rigged contest because this is literally one of the, I don't know, like three people that we know in real life that actually listens to the podcast at our recap show. So this 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 person's name is actually a friend of ours. He's a good friend of John's, our co-host John, who's not here tonight. His name is Dave. and It's not rigged because we're not going to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It definitely is not rigged because he's not going to win because he didn't respond to us. So we're going to do a new drawing. And uh, and yeah, we're, we'll read a couple of more reviews. There were, some, there were a couple of more reviews added to um, Apple Podcasts that we're going to read um, in this episode. Really appreciate Wait, it. Wait, you didn't tell him? No, no, why? <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to go out of, first off, I'm not going to go out of my way because that's that wasn't the rule of the contest, right? And secondly, like, I, I don't know, kind of lazy, a little lazy. I'm not going to go out of my way to contact someone, you know, when they want it. You got to do the work, right? It would literally take 15 seconds. I know Dave's on Twitter nonstop, too, so it's not like he didn't have time. Wouldn't somebody else who listened to the episode just send him a message? Be like, hey, heads up. Oh, I hope not. Well, what's funny is I was worried that John would because he's like one of John's best friends who was in the wedding and everything like that. But then but then I remember John doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. He's, he's not one of the three people we know that listens to the podcast, so we're fine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, don't, don't we stand to lose all these people as friends? No, because he, he probably won't listen again this week. Which he does listen. I do definitely know he does listen, but he just missed. You know, in his defense, um, you know, it was a it was a game that the Bills lost. It's it's a little bit more annoying to listen to a Bills recap show when the Bills lose. But you know, I would uh, never do that. Yeah, I I know, I know. The people that listen to our recap show when the Bills lose, I mean, they're they're the, they're the true fans, they're true. The, the real MVPs. You're the real MVP. The real Bills fans out there. So, so now we'll do our sweet sassy molassy plays of today's game. Sweet. Sassy Molassy, get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. I guess I guess there are a few really good plays. I wouldn't even say really good plays. There weren't any amazing plays, honestly, offensively, that I would choose in this game. I mean, there were some really cool games on de- or cool plays on defense, I would say. Like, for example, the Trey White sack in the second half, I believe. Here, real quick, actually, I always I always forget this. This is how this is how bad I am. There were some stats of the game that I missed, some really cool ones that came out, one being Tredavious White had his first sack of his entire season of, of I'm sorry of his entire career during the game. Trent Murphy had his first sack of the season. Cole Beasley has now has a touchdown reception in three straight games. He's the first Bill to do that since Charles Clay in 2016. Jerry Su- or Jerry Hughes had a sack today. He had um he has two and a half on the year now, which the Bills had four sacks today as a group. John Brown surpassed 50 yards on the day and has done so in all eight games this season. He's the first bill to do that to open a season on an eight yard or on an eight game, 50 plus yard streak since Eric molds who had a nine game streak like that in 2002. So that's always good company to have uh, Devin Singletary's four, 140 uh, scrimmage yards today is the most by a Buffalo bill since LaShawn McCoy got 147 yards in 2017 at new England. Josh Allen has set a new career high for 89 consecutive pass attempts without an interception. So small stops there. That's that's good. It's funny that like dwarfs. I remember seeing 
stats like that from like either like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers was like 400 pass attempts without a, an interception. But you know, we got to get there. Got to get there one one pass attempt at a time. Defensive tackle Jordan Phillips brought his season sack total to 6, which leads all NFL defensive tackles. It's good to happen in a uh in a contract year. That's the best time to do that. And with both a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown today, Josh Allen joined Steve Grogan, Cam Newton, and Dak Prescott as the only players to have at least 20 passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns over their first two seasons in NFL history. So it's so really cool there. So so play of the game, Mike. Is there a play at all that really stood out to you? Because I'm having a hard time thinking of one specifically, except besides maybe a sack, besides the Cole Beasley touchdown pass. I mean, the play maybe, of the game was when Allen ran it in on fourth and one to make it 17-3. That's for the Redskins on fourth and goal. No hesitation. Bill's going. Josh Allen falls forward and touchdown on a delay. Re- unequivocally, that's that's the play of the yes. game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You mean when they got stuffed three times in a row by trying to run it in right up the yes. guts with Frank Gore? Okay. Not just for the score, but the momentum. Can you imagine if that – if they were stopped four times from the half yard line, no, no, the momentum swing would have, which you which they were stopped on fourth down earlier or later in the game, rather. Right. Which you I mean, Washington, the team, any fans that like they were so pumped when they had them when they had Gore stopped for the third time. Yeah, sure. Thinking the Bills were going to kick the field goal, Bills bring out the offense again, and Allen punches it in. I thought it was huge. Uh, maybe not momentum shift, but to sustain the Bills being the superior team at that point to finish that drive and make it 17-3 instead of 10-3 with Washington having the ball. Yeah, that was a good one. Do you do you like the aggressiveness that Sean McDermott is showing on these plays and going for him on fourth and one? I, I've been pleasantly surprised by his aggressiveness this season to go for them and and to kind of say, hey, you know, we're we're going to try to win this game outright. and prove that our offense can do it now that they didn't prove it every time. But what do you think about the aggressiveness that he's shown this season for going for it on, on fourth down, um, even when they don't necessarily have to? I think it's, it's very situation dependent, but I liked all the calls today. Yeah. You know, going when the Bills did score that touchdown to go up 17-3, I was thinking, man, like this is this is where they start, you know, blowing the wheels. Where This is where they just start just destroying the Redskins, and I couldn't have been more <laughs> The rest of the game was kind of, if this was, I will say for the second half, if this was a better team, I don't know the Bills win this game because they didn't show a ton on offense the second half. So um, luckily, the Redskins are the Redskins. They're 1-8 for a reason, and the Bills are 6-2. and two. So that's all that really matters. I'm going to say that my play of the game, now this is going to sound weird because it wasn't a truly impactful play, but it led to... That that, then that's already out. It's yeah. already out. This I didn't. I thought the the play was important. You know, Josh Allen scoring a touchdown that's important. But I thought the the play that really swung, the really that made that play possible was the Andre Roberts kick return for sixty six yards after the Redskins just scored a field goal. Back to receive is Andre Roberts if he has the chance, and he's bringing it out of the end zone. Gets a block. Pass the kicker is Roberts. And all the way down to the 40 of Washington. What a return from Andre Roberts. And I believe there was a stat I had on that. Andre Roberts, oh, I'm sorry, 65-yard kick return is the longest by a bill since C.J. Spiller brought back a, a kick for 102 yards in 2014 versus the Dolphins. Yeah, so that was huge. That was I, I thought that that was, I mean, we, we've kind of, criticize the special teams unit in general so it was nice to see for once something spark the offense because when Andre Roberts was signed I mean this was his forte I mean kick returning punt returning I mean this guy was one of the best in in the league last season and all the way up to this season so it's good to finally see it I was happy that it turned that that unit around a little bit and it led to that uh, amazing touchdown that you mentioned Mike so yeah it's really good not play the game material right because Say the next play is a Josh Allen fumble, then that does nothing. Yeah. Whereas the play I picked put seven on the board. <laughs> well, the play that I picked leads to putting seven on the board. You're right. But if, the, if, the coin flip leads to, right? Like 
leads to the the Bills win. Yeah. Well, like it was like that Jordan Phillips sack a few weeks ago against the the Dolphins, like that led to the Tredavious White interception. Like that was that was a lead up to it. I mean, nobody talks about the sack that somebody has on Jordan or on Dwayne Haskins, and then all of a sudden he throws a fifty yard touchdown pass. Like no one cares about the sack then. It only matters when it leads to something good. Like my play. But how far back could you take it, right? Like the security guard that opened up the gate that morning when when uh, they drove in. <laughs> the guy that, that jumped through a table, you know, right before kickoff in the New Era Field parking lot. And that was huge that that guy did it then, you know? It was... just, you're just trying to be contrarian to be contrarian. No. You don't want to be like, oh, yes, Mike, that was definitely right. You're just trying to say something different. Well, I mean, there there's tons of plays that could have, like, the Bills recovering both of Josh Allen's fumbles. Like, those were both plays of the game. Like, I could say that, too. But I was happy to see Andre Roberts get a kick return for 66 yards or 65 yards. It's just, but I the haven't Allen rushing touchdown, right? 17-3. They never looked back. That sealed the game. Hey, this is all no, objective. not sealed the game, but no. was the winning was touchdown. Score. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's all subjective, man. This is This is what I feel is my play of the game. And what really got it's it? Not right, but not... <laughs> well, I agree to disagree. Then <laughs> uh, I am, I am right. I, it's my own opinion, man. Jeez, like I can't be wrong if it's my opinion. You know, just like it doesn't mean. So okay, let's go into Wall of Famers of the game. Wall. Let's see if let's see if I can get this one right. Let's see if I don't screw this one up. So Wall of Famer for the game. For today's game, can I give it? Can I give it to Devin Singletary, Mike? Is that cool? Is that right? Is that wrong? Well, shouldn't it be Andre Roberts? <laughs> no, it should be Josh Allen. You better say Josh Allen then, based on that logic. You better say Josh Allen was the Wall of Famer for today's game. Is he your Wall of Famer? Yeah. <laughs> You're so full of shit that you know that's not your Wall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, it is. I already told you. Thirteen quarters without an interception. Quarterback's the most important position to a team in American sports. Devin Singletary almost had as many yards as Josh Allen did passing today from scrimmage. Now you're just being contrarian just to be contrarian. <laughs> throwing throwing it right well, back at me. You started it. Yeah. Uh man. This goes off the rails. Yes, it's Devin Singletary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do like that stat though. Thirteen quarters without a pick. That's nice. Devin Singletary. So I'm the bigger person. At least admitting it. Oh, oh, that's so humble of you to admit that you're the bigger person. <laughs> Congratulations to you on doing that. Um, okay, well, let's do let's do our wall of shamer for today's game. Shame, shame, shame. Oh, this one is obvious, right? I mean, because I can't. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you go first? <laughs> if it's so obvious, why don't you just tell me? <laughs> why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you selected? <laughs> uh, classic Seinfeld. I Actually, I don't have an obvious one for this one. I had to really think about it. I think I'm going to give it to Corey Bohorquez for that 15-yard freaking pooch punt. Dude, he had a 59-yard kick. Yeah, well, um, he does this way too often where he... Uh, he, he outkicks his coverage a lot too, so it's not just it's not just that punt. I'm just haven't been really happy with him in general. Luckily, he hasn't bitten us a lot, but I can't. So I want to say the run defense today Wait, in the first half. Wait, outkick your coverage is bad. Yes, it's very bad, isn't it? What does that mean? Oh, so okay, so yeah, you made me doubt myself just now. But outkicking your coverage is basically you don't put enough hang time on the punt, right? So. You'll punt, you'll punt it, but it'll be like a line drive. So it'll be like 60 yards, but the guy has plenty of time to back up. The punt returner has plenty of time to back up. And then he'll catch the ball and run for another 20 yards because your coverage hasn't even had a chance to get to the ball. A true, really well-punted ball is high and long so that your coverage is right there. for. Like Ideally, it would be like a 60-yard fair catch, right? Where the guys have a chance to run down and just watch the guy catch the ball because you have enough hang time on it. So... Out kicking your coverage is a very bad thing. <laughs> you, you make it sound like <laughs> maybe it's not ideal, but what you described isn't like the end of the, like, like, oh, it's a very bad thing. Well, anytime the pun returner gets like an, an extra 10 yards before he even sees a tackler. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I thought I've heard that described by people talking about 
others getting married. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, like, yeah, that's a really bad thing. I always thought that was no, a good thing. No, that's a good thing when you like meet a partner or whatever. And they're, it's usually like, means oh, that, he really outkicked his coverage. Yeah. Yeah. That usually means that they're married someone that's much better looking than they are. Yeah. In that respect, for sure. For it's sure. just, there's a couple layers that I don't understand, I guess. Yeah. You I just guess... tell me it's really bad, but if, if you're talking about a partner, it's really good. Well, it's really bad for the partner that's married that's much better looking than you. <laughs> you always, that's interesting. You took it to for mean you. looks. I took it to mean the holistic, like the entire person. Oh, yeah. Your geez. base is strictly on looks. <laughs> Um, no, no, totally. It's like how good the person is, how kind they are, how nice they are, you know? Right. Okay. Um, you know, the, the things that really matter, not looks, not looks, <laughs> it's not looks made like, you know, the things that really matter, like how good you are of a person, like how much wealth you have, <laughs> <laughs> how much is, is her, is are his or her parents worth? <laughs> how much can you expect in a will? <laughs> with, when uh, the parents kick it is really what's more important for no it's funny it does mean the opposite though like if you're saying if i say mike you really outkicked your coverage i'm really giving you props for finding by, a partner by tricking your significant other like man successfully how did, tricking someone how did you how did you figure that one out man like wow there you go so i guess i'm still hmm. it's just opposites i guess yeah hmm. but so wall of shame I'm gonna to give to Corey Bohorquez. You're or, pretty sure. Or <laughs> I think I might I think I might give it to the first half run defense too. That one sounds better. Since we don't have to do a specific player or whatever, I'm gonna give it to the first half run defense. I always specific. said we did have to do it to a specific player. Yeah. You guys you and John always just like, oh, the whole team. Like, oh. <laughs> Coaching, special teams, <laughs> right. Play calling, the quarterback. No, I'm I'm going to give it the first half run defense, which basically was a continuation of the entire game, the entire run defense from last week. Yes, it did feel like that. Yeah. It did feel like that. You're like, okay, great. Because, you know, there was this hilarious meme on Reddit, which I really wanted to steal for our Instagram page, but I just don't have the heart to do it. Um, because, uh, by the way, if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like we, we do Bill's memes whenever we can. And it was that famous, you know... Um, infomercial where the guy slap there's this big huge glass bucket that's like the size of the entire room and it's leaking water water is just just coming out of this little hole that's probably like the size of your thumb like water's just pouring out this guy just slaps a flex seal on it and it ends up stopping the leak right so someone had a, this awesome meme on reddit where they said uh, the Bills released Kyle Pico and signed, I believe the guy's name was Robert Stanton, off the practice squad, like defensive tackle, like boom, run game solved, <laughs> like run defense <laughs> solved. And uh, no, no, it wasn't definitely not the first half. So, Mike, who's on your wall, wall of shame? If if your wall of shame isn't the first half defense, who is it? I guess it's got to be the first half run defense. Jeez. Well, wait. <laughs> I thought. You said that you don't do that. You do players because that's too easy. That's too easy to just do a generic first half defense. I guess Bohork was. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Uh, well, look, it's just a geez, demoralizing with a 15-yard punt. Yeah. And, and he did have the long one today, but you're never, you're never like, wow, that was a great punt. Or, oh, wow. That, Coffin corner kick. They yeah. downed it in the two at the two. Like it's so rare. Like it, I can't recall a situation where it's like his name is associated with a positive play. It's either the default or really, really, really bad. <laughs> Could you imagine that walk back to the bench after that fifteen yard punt? It's gotta be the longest walk of anything. <laughs> like as a as an NFL player besides throwing like a pick six or something that walk back and everyone's just looking at you at the sidelines. Like, dude, what the bleep was that? Right? Like we're going to go to Twitter right now for some wall of famers and wall of shamers. So first guy up, first guy up, Jason Statham. My name is Jeff Chelios. And today is the day that I die. Writes wall of fame has to be dangerous. Devin dangerous. Devin Singletary. I kind of like that. That one's, that one's all right. That one's not bad. He said, we finally give him the ball, and he produced. Use him wisely from now on. Wall of shame, 
Hard to say. See, he does say it's hard to say because it is hard to find a wall, a wall of shamer for today. Anyway, I digress. Jason said, hard to say, but I'm going to go with play calling. We need to be more aggressive and smart in the end zone if we want to, if we want to get anything out of this season. And we didn't even bring up, I believe it was the first quarter where the Bills had first and goal at like the three, and they ended up going back to like their 25-yard line after sacks and incompletions and run plays, stuffed run plays like that Isaiah McKenzie stuffed end around that came, you know, that brought them back to like the 12-yard line. Then, you know, Josh Allen takes a sack. They're back at the 25-yard line. It was ridiculous. So, so good call on Jason Statham. Actually, since I brought up Jay's tweet, he was also nice enough to leave us a review. And so I wanted to get a chance. To, I'm not going to read a lot of reviews this podcast because we did a lot of that last podcast, which we definitely appreciate all the people that have gone to lengths to leave us a podcast or leave us a review, um, even though probably, you know, 90% of it was just to win the... Uh, the circling the or the the John Brown signed jersey, but you know there were some really heartfelt reviews out there, and this one was from Jason Statham. So not only reading his tweet on Twitter, but also he writes in his his review of our podcast. I've been listening to this podcast for the past two seasons. It is a very insightful podcast on all things Buffalo Bills. Coming from Hull, England, I don't know many people who like the Bills or NFL for that matter. But Nate, John, and Mike make me feel like I'm one of the guys. They work extremely hard each each week um, to put together a funny, witty, and detailed podcast. I'm very grateful I came across this podcast as it has connected me with many Bills fans around the world via Twitter. Keep up the good work, guys. Hey, let's go Buffalo. So that was really cool, really uh, thoughtful response from, from Jason. Uh, so appreciate that. Love connecting Bills fans in general with our tweets or with the podcast in general. And, uh, and I know a lot of you guys interact with each other, which is really cool. You guys are all following each other after you kind of come across us on Twitter or whatever. So that's, that's great. Really appreciate the review by Jason. And here's one, here's a tweet for wall of fame and wall of shamer from Mike Taylor, a guy, Mike, Mike, Jason and Mike are both in like almost every week, but Mike Taylor writes wall of fame, Devin Singletary, of course, wall of shame, Brian Dable, the play calling is killing me. You have to be more creative on short yardage situations. Running the ball up the middle on three consecutive plays isn't going to fool anyone. Thank you. Thank you. That was my point. I wasn't upset with the run calling or the run play calling so much as I was upset that you're running up the middle on three consecutive plays, which almost with almost the same exact formation and almost the same exact play calling. The defense didn't even have to adjust. It's not like they had even had to sub players on and off the field. So in saying that, Mike also left uh I should say Michael Taylor. Is it Mike Taylor? No, he goes by he goes by Mike. He wrote us a review as well. So he said a lot of people have mentioned the great information and show that these guys do, and I agree. It's one of the best team-focused podcasts out there. But I think this podcast goes beyond that. A lot of NFL podcasts feel overproduced. They're big money operations featuring same guys you see on TV or on draft shows all the time. They might know football, but it never feels genuine. I think this is a great podcast because while they are experts, it's very genu- genuine. I think he meant to say while they aren't experts, which, by the way, is 100% correct. We are definitely not experts, but we never claim to be, so it's all good. Listening to the Circling the Wagons pod feels like you're having a well-informed conversation with friends at a bar. Being really involved with people on social media also makes it feel personal. You don't know these guys, but it re- really feels like you do. And that's why I listen every week and will continue to do so. Go Bills. So really want to thank Mike for writing that. It was really thoughtful. Appreciate that. Devin Brown is in on Twitter for Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. Wall of Fame for Singletary. He showed why he should be getting the majority of reps for the rest of the season. And Wall of Shame to Dable, running it up the gut with Core over and over again when everyone in the stadium knew it wasn't going to work. That's awesome. Thank you, Devin. Um, no, <laughs> Mike, you're going to love this. Dave tweeted into us this week. <laughs> Dave, the aforementioned person that we know that is friends with us that did not win <laughs> the John Brown signed jersey. Well, he might win. Technically, he does have like a 1 in 55 chance of being in because I'm not just going to take him out of the pool for possible winners. But <laughs> um, Dude, he should be on our wall of shame, really. Wall of shame for not winning the John Brown jersey or not 
responding back to me. I think I even, I swear, I think I even have his phone number. I think I have Dave's phone number. He could have texted me. Be like, hey, man, listen to the pod. Thanks for winning. You can uh, send it here, blah, blah, blah. So um, I was kind of hoping he would because he lives in Buffalo. That shipping charge would be a lot less than, say, somebody lives in Hull, England. <laughs> would have been, would have helped me out a bunch. So thanks a lot, Dave. So anyway, Dave writes, who's Let's Go Buffalo. He writes, Wall of Fame. Whoever scheduled our games this season. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a Jersey winning tweet right there. <laughs> um, Wall of shame. Dable not being able to score from the one yard line. So technically he did score from the one yard line, but um, not with Frank Gore running up the gut. So Beanie writes, Wall of Fame, Singletary, finally used effectively and it paid off. Also, so Beanie is a, is a, is a girl, just so everyone knows. Also, she writes, is he single? Question mark. Also, Trey White. Haters, shut up because he's great. Trey, I, I love I love Trey White, by the way. It's funny that she mentions, is, is Devin Singletary single? I don't know. I don't know. But um, you, should, you should definitely find that out. He's a uh, wall of shit. I don't, I don't have anything to add about that. That's really <laughs> That's cool. It's cool that she wrote that. I love, we do have some female listeners, so I really appreciate Beanie and the rest of them. So, um, and I also love Trey White. I love the nickname that one of our other Twitter followers gave her gave him um, previously, which was Trey Save the Day White. I love that one. And she puts Wall of Shame, the run defense. AP is a great running back, but we did not look great today. Josh Allen, and then she writes, Josh Allen watch. Better each week. Great except for the fumble. Fumbles, but fumble. Great for the, yeah. So he's, yeah, improvement. It's not, it's not always going to be up. It's not always going to be down. Sometimes it's just kind of, it's just kind of, yeah, it was a game. It was a game. Sometimes you need those games. Sometimes you don't need your quarterback to look great or terrible. So I'm okay with this. Adam Talmadge is in. His wall of fame is his motor, a.k.a. Devlin Singletary. 140 total yards and one touchdown. The clear difference maker today, for sure. Wall of shame, Taron Johnson. Too many missed tackles. Neil should play more. Saran Neal. So I, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I really love, love Taron Johnson. But yeah, he did miss a few ta- a few key tackles today, um, and it also his wall of shame is Brian Dable, five failed Gore rush attempts right up the gut in crucial short yardage situation. So he also includes the other uh, fourth and fourth down where the Bills lost the ball. And you see, you see, <laughs> he wrote, "I've seen Madden YouTubers with more creativity. I feel like Madden YouTubers have more creativity than even Sean Sean McVay." Oh, so this is an interesting one. This isn't. So I like to read a few new people that I haven't read before. This one's this one's MGD, and he wrote, Josh isn't our long-term answer. Yikes. He's having a terrible year, and today was awful. Singletary needs more touches, and Dable needs a new career. <laughs> wow. So I guess I would say his wall of shame is either Josh Allen or Brian Dable or both. And what I will say is I don't know for sure if we can accurately assess if Josh Allen is our long-term answer yet. He's really only played, I believe this was his 18th game starting and i don't think he's having a terrible year i think he's just doing what they're asking him to do and i but then again the reason why they're asking him to do this mike what do you think i think the reason why they're asking him to do this is because they don't want him to do more yet either he can't do it yet or he's just not ready to take on more yet what do you think maybe a little bit of both i think his I'd, i mean i'd love to see him turn into a player like russell wilson right you can kind of see how his game he shows sparks of it at times, but I, I I don't see the consistency yet to anoint him as the franchise quarterback. No, but, but our compare like our, <laughs> for years and decades we've 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 wanted someone with the talent and leadership and the staying power and and so far he's it. Yeah, you know th- there can't be enough stated about the fact that Josh Allen was a JUCO transfer. And then he started in a program that was not very well known with not a whole lot of NFL ready players. And then he left early to come to the bills. I mean, the guy was never pro ready coming out of college in the system that he did and the amount of reps that he took, because there's a lot of guys, and you mentioned Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson was a three or four year starter at a major conference and his only downside, he would have been a first round pick. His only downside was that he was five foot 10 instead of six foot four. Right. So, I think that we 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 really need a lot more time to 
to evaluate Josh Allen than even the normal quarterback. Like, like even Sam Darnold or, well, maybe not Sam Darnold because I believe he left early too, but like Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield, guys in in that quarterback class that had been starting for three or four years. So anyway, the Nick and Nolan podcast went into this in great length, so I'm not going to go into it again. But, um, you know, I think that even after this season, I don't know if we'll really know for sure if he's the guy or not. We probably need another season at least to, to really see. As long as he still continues improvements, as long as he doesn't completely torpedo the Bills offense, I think we just have to, you know, I was thinking about this today. Could you, Mike, could you ever see an instance where the Bills bench Josh Allen this season for, for Matt Barkley, like kind of like the Tyrod Taylor getting benched for Nathan Peterman a couple of seasons ago in their playoff run. Could you foresee any reason or any way that they would ever do that? Not the way things presently stand. I think it's kind of a crazy question, but no, <laughs> Eh, I would think it was you look pretty at, intelligent, <laughs> pretty thoughtful. It's kind of out of left field. Um, I was thinking that today because I'm like, you know. The, the, he'd, ha- he'd have to be injured. He'd have to lose his job to injury, and the backup would have to play so outstandingly well that his performance pales in comparison, right? It would have to be like on par with Bledsoe, who had just signed a huge contract with the Pats, losing out to Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I I don't see it happening. I guess is is my point. And if in saying that, then like they they turned on Tyrod, even though they had a winning record, and they started Nathan Peterman, who was like a fourth round rookie. So Matt Barkley is much more accomplished than Nathan Peterman was at that point. And I still don't see unless Josh Allen completely melts or is completely afraid to throw the ball like Tyrod was. I don't see them ever. So we anyway we spent way too much time on that tweet. But interesting topic. There are a lot of Bills out, fans out there. And when I say a lot, probably like, I don't know, like 10, 15%. They're just like, Allen's not the answer. What are we doing wasting our time with this kid? So Hanover writes, Wall of Fame, Devin Singletary, duh. Duh. Kids, kid is the love child of Gore and McCoy in each of their primes. So excited to see what he does in the future. Wall of Shame, our run defense. See, he did that, Mike. See, he was. he knows the rules. You can say it if you want. Um, not taking away from AP's play today, but we were all over the place in that first half. Absolutely agree. Attractive nuisance writes Hall of Fame or Wall of Fame Singletary and Brown. Uh, enough can be said about John Brown, by the way. He is he is definitely becoming Josh Allen's favorite target. Really happy that we have him this season. Wall of Shame, the defense. They couldn't stop the run up the center for the second game in a row, despite the Redskins continuously giving it to Peterson every single play. All right, one more. We'll do one more. All right, he's this is an interesting one. The one I haven't read from a Twitter follower. Friends of the Feathered writes, Hall of, Wall of Fame, Motor, of course. Wall of Shame, Lorenzo Alexander. He's the reason why we have to use nickel versus 12 personnel, meaning we're, we're down a big body against the run and getting gashed for huge gains. Learn how to cover or stay off the field. <laughs> I thought there was one great play by Lorenzo Alexander to to uh, bat the ball away from, I forget what the other uh, receiver's name for the for the Redskins, um, Sims, I believe. But I thought he was okay on, on pass coverage. Now, there may have been things I missed. Like if I were to watch the game again, I might have missed some things. But I, I mean, I've been pretty happy with Lorenzo Alexander. So maybe there are people out there that, that think like Friends of the Feather do also. But I don't know. I, I, I didn't see him being the reason why today went the way it did against the Redskins. So now that we're okay. So thank you for everyone on Twitter that went out of their way to respond to this tweet. There were some people that quote tweeted us, which basically they retweeted it and quoted their wall of fame and their wall of shame nominees. And I didn't read those. That's kind of hard. It's it's so much easier to just read as a reply through the tweet. So anyways, if you're looking to do that and you want your tweet read, it's a lot easier to get it done that way. So I would suggest doing exactly what, you know, Mike and Jason and those guys do. So anyway, okay. Now to what everyone probably skipped this entire podcast to get to, the John Brown, the John Brown jersey announcement winner. After Dave botched it and didn't end up getting the jersey. So going to go to the site where I have over 50 names picked in. And I'm going to press the button. Here we go. Three, two. He's not going to be your friend anymore, man. Well, he might like, not. I'd be, irrit- I'd be pretty irritated if like, I won. You just had to send me a message. Hey, I stated the rules clearly before the contest. 
You're such a stickler. It's not in violation of the rules. You're just not going above and beyond. It is in violation of the rules. You have to listen to the podcast. That was part of the rules. Number one was you have to be following us on social media, blah, blah, blah. Number two was you had to leave a review for us. Number three is you had to retweet and share the share the thing. And number four was you had to listen for the winner. So he did everything. He did one through three. Well, he didn't do everything. He did one through three, which minus there was four. minus four. He did 75% of it. There's so. no way to know if anyone actually listens, right? So you kind of have to take that on faith. Like your mechanism for for seeing that is whether or not you have contact with this person. Yeah, whether or not they contact me. Yes, correct. They have a way to contact me. If they follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or social media, they can get to us on Instagram or whatever. But just you could see where Dave's that gonna be might pissed. irritate someone. Where Dave's yeah. going to be pissed if he hears this episode? Yes. Well, Dave, if you're listening, um, I'm sorry you can't follow the rules. I'm sorry you don't pay attention to, to, to you know how how the rules were described clearly. I I could have been a lawyer with the amount of verbiage I use for the rules in Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So, um, it sucks you didn't win, Dave. You know, it sucks that uh, you didn't care enough to listen when the Bills lose. <laughs> there were so many other players. You know, it's funny. I had a lot of people tweet me and message me directly and said, "Damn, I was hoping I'd win." And I was like, hey, they haven't contacted me yet, so you might still win. So um, so some of these names that I have listed, by the way, are the names that you either gave through reviews or I have your Twitter handle or whatever. So you're going to have to pay attention because Dave's uh, um, review handle is different than his Twitter handle is different than everything. So you have to really pay attention. So he could win again. He could. He, he absolutely. I didn't take him out. So Dave should be thankful that I didn't take him out of the running. I should take him out for not listening and not paying attention. That's not part you know of the what? Rules. I'm, I'm taking him out. I'm taking no, him out. No, you can't. That, you That's you cannot nope, take nope, him out, dude. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Where is That's he? That's not Where? part of the rules. You never said that. I never said it wasn't part of the rules, though, either. No, the default would be to leave him. You get rolled over into the next week. That's not right. That's not right? You think I should keep him in? Absolutely. If you ask... So all the people that are actually in this contest of the 50 people are like, yeah, take them out. <laughs> like, screw Dave. But you're the one standing up for Is it because we might see him again? It's because we might hang out with him again? <laughs> this is going to be the one thing he talks I'm to us about? I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> He's going to blame you for it all anyway. What do I care? <laughs> hey, Dave, you can actually text me. I believe you have my phone number this time. If he you does do not it. have my number, so I am safe. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I had no way to get in touch with him. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried, yeah. Okay, I'm leaving you in, Dave. To Much to the dismay of the other 50 people that actually did everything correctly, um, I'm leaving you in. So, all right, drum roll. Mike, can you do a drum roll? Oh, that sounds weird when you do it on the mic. There you go, on the desk. Right. I've always wanted to do this. Oh. I can tell you haven't done it before. <laughs> this is the weakest drum just- this is the weakest drum roll. Just tapping my fingers on the desk. No good? No, no. I mean, it's good. It's just not like, fast. Drum, drum, you get that, right? Drum, I, don't know what I mean, asking. I get it. Drum rolls are usually much quicker. <laughs> like, like, are you using, are you stomping? What are you, what are you, are you using like a pinky and a fork? Oh, fingernails? <laughs> just whatever. That's Just stop. <laughs> All right. The winner is. Uh, this one's a tough one to read. Okay. Okay. So this is the winner is stop, 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 stop that awfulness. <laughs> Whatever that was. Um, Let's hear you do it. Let's just, just show me. You want me to hear, you want me to hear me doing? Okay. Yeah. Ready? Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. It's good. It was. It was kind. Of, that was a weak one too. It wasn't as weak as yours, but it was pretty. Kind weak. of scary. It makes me think like you're gonna. It's like the sound they play in movies before they hang somebody. Oh yeah. Oh geez. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Good call. Sense of foreboding. Ooh. Mine was like a happy little, like a spider crawling up a water. It was like or a something. puppy running across the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine was for like more appropriate for a drawing. Mine was like the. <laughs> Corporal punishment for like Saddam Hussein or something, right? So yeah, weird. Ugh. Anyway, so anyway, the winner of this John Brown signed autographed jersey, certified certified signed John, autographed jersey, is okay. This is this is a tough one. I was really hoping this would be easier to read. It's it's phonetically 
said Howie Howie O D L A C D M D M S. <laughs> so how you spell that is H A U W I E O D L A K D M D M S. So Howie Howie O D L A C D M D M S. Anyway, if you are Howie Howie O D L A C D D M S D M S whatever, contact me this week. Reach out to me via Twitter, via Facebook, via Instagram, whatever you can do to get a hold of me. Because if not, you end up in the same fate as Dave, and you will not win. So you have to be listening. Howie, Howie O, Delac, DM, DMS. Howie, Howie, H-A-U-W-I-E-O. That's got to be a last name or something. So anyway, whoever that is, he or she, contact me. Let me know who you are. Let me know your address. Hopefully you are not in England, and that's selfish because I don't want to pay for English for shipping to England, but I will do it because you put in all this effort to to uh, get on there. So, yeah, anyway, so we have a, a new Jersey winner up until next week. So the people are like, oh, man, I didn't win. Well, there's probably still a good chance that you will get a chance next week because we know Dave personally, and he didn't win. So it's very possible that that happens. So anyway, so... Uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Um, the Bills are facing the 2-6 and six Browns next week in Cleveland for that game, so we're definitely going to have a recap for you. That next week, we might have John back. And, uh, yeah, so, again, appreciate all you guys listening. Um, please subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. You obviously have us. If you're listening to, you have the Believe podcast, Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Blitz Bills, The Nick and Nolan Show, everything. Mafia Mavens. I forgot, but yeah, everything. So thank you guys all for listening. So for Mike, go Bills. For me, Nate, go Bills 6-2 and two for the first time since 1993. And if you remember correctly, we went to the Super Bowl that year. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.